At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we we are officially recording this year's version of the, I guess we'll call it our annual vacation episode. What do you think about that, Holler? That's a good way to. Yeah, right? I mean, what well, you mean where everybody talks about their vacations except for you? There, there you go. Exactly. I'm glad you brought that up. Where everybody talks about their vacations, but me. Yeah. So we're so we we were joined by. Our good buddy Todd, who for the last two years, me and him have been in the Outer Banks together talking to you. And this year, Todd decided that he didn't need me to go on vacation after all these years. And so he's calling us and he's going to, you know, brag about being on the beach all week and, you know, eating at great restaurants and, you know, living it up while I'm in a hot box of a, of a mail truck and, and you're fishing in the Ozarks. I mean, it's I was cutting th- grass today in the heat. So, well, I came I came home and cut grass after I worked all day. And I don't understand it because is your grass growing? Mine's not really growing much. Well, it. Um, you water your lawn, don't you? No, we do not. <laughs> it's grown enough that I I I have my uh, and this is compelling radio. I have uh, I have my thing set all the way as the highest. Yep, um, same with and, me. And uh, it needs it every three or four days. What you know, regardless, it's kind of like Christy sending me to get my. Your grass grow. grows that fast. You need to cut it every three or four days. Uh, yeah, three or four. Yeah, probably. And four. you're not watering it. No, no, and I don't even know that it 
rained since those storms went through last. How far are week? you from Sandusky? Because something's in the water there. Or something's in the ground. <laughs> something's in the ground. Oh, you mean from uh, Davis Bessie? I don't know. Well, I, you know, I thought maybe, yeah, that's something. Because mine, the only place mine grows is around the swimming pool. Because the water gets splashed out? No, because we're, the one place where it splashes a lot is because i got a saltwater pool that's killing it. I. Hey, by the way, by <laughs> the way, just 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 so you know, apparently Christy is listening in on us doing this, and she wanted to add that she does all the push mowing. So just for the well, sake, don't you have one of the little all-wheel drive deals? I mean, my look. No, that's her. Uh, oh, she's thanking. She's thanking me for correcting that on the air. So everybody out there, just so you know, I only mow for two hours. She mows for fifteen minutes with the push mower. So there you go. Hi, Christy. Uh, listen, she can't hear you talking you to me through the headphones. Just, just <laughs> wait for us to cue you up, okay? Okay. 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 <laughs> so, oh, geez. So, uh, so we got Todd on. As some of our real loyal listeners know, Todd comes from a long line of garbage men. Uh, he owned his his mom and dad started a refuse business in our area. Back in, what, 1967? Yes. And then uh, when your dad got too sick, you kind of basically took it over. And just recently, what, last year, right? You officially sold the business. We sold it to Rumpke in May, two years ago this past year. Hey, you don't have to give Rumpke any free advertising. I'm not, because they don't Which, by the way, I got the newest bill from Rumpke. How's that fuel surcharge? They not only gave me a fuel sur- sur- surcharge, but they bumped up our garbage pickup by uh, almost $10. What's going on? They're the only game in town. Thanks. So you're the one I can blame. Okay. <laughs> Partly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was kind of one of the last big dominoes to fall. The last big domino to fall. Okay. All right. But uh, so, so for a little listen, so, so Todd. I mean, have heard some of the great stories from our days on working on the garbage truck with his dad. Um, and actually, today, as we record this, it's your your dearly departed father's birthday, right? He How old would have been 81 today. Father today. 81. Today, today. Yeah, yep. Today. Uh, my, it's my brother's birthday when, I, when you guys first signed on. Your, bro- your brother that just passed My away. brother that died, yeah. And I'm like, dude, how does this happen? It's like every time I sign off, every time something... We're talking about your brother. ...rears its ugly head, huh? We're talking about your brother. Yeah, my dead brother. He haunts this thing, yeah. So I wasn't going to mention it, but when you said birthday, I'm like, dude, it's my dead brother's birthday tomorrow. And my computer mysteriously popped up a little thing and reminded me on my calendar. And I'm like, Who, how, how did that get in there? I, don't, I have no idea. So that, that you're to remind you that it was your brother's birthday. Maybe there. Yes. Maybe, maybe this is like a paranormal episode is what we're going to do. I, it could be, you know, I tell you, we bought his tomb, his headstone. Didn't I talk to you on the way down there or the way back? <laughs> you, t- <laughs> you talked to me on okay. the way 
down, I think, on the way down about buying the tombstone. Anyway, talk about fuel surcharges. Try to buy a, a, a fancy headstone. How much was that? They don't even, they can't even, if you want to buy the fancy ones, they can't even tell you because the shipping is so high that, you know, the blacks come from, and I'm not, I'm sorry, and here I'm hijacking Todd's garbage truck store. You're all good. <laughs> so we go down there, right? And, and to give you some background, my stepmom's dad passed away, I don't know, a month or so ago. My dad, we had tried, we discussed getting a headstone, a, a double headstone, because he he was single, he never had kids, he's plots right next to my mom's, we're going to get a nice double one, it says son, mother, does that make sense? So, kind of tie it all together, and yeah. uh, why we were down there, my dad, it was his birthday this week, so my dad made a big production, we were going to go see him on his birthday, which is tomorrow. And then all suddenly, you know, when you're in your approaching, uh, when you're in your 70s, you're not quite as old as your dad, Todd, would have been or whatever. But his life revolves around doctor's appointments, right? So then it was like, well, we can't go on the 24th, so we need to go on the 23rd, so we need to go on the 20th. Now they want me to get something done. You know what I mean? So it's like it moved around. But we get there. We got, huh? I'm just I'm just laughing at the irony. Yeah. And the guy says, hey, man, I don't even know if I can quote you black because it comes from India. He said, normally. What? what I started to say, I'm losing my track. Listen to me. He said, we, I said, my step grandpa died a few months or two ago. While we were there, we walked around the cemetery and looked at other people's headstones to kind of solidify our ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some of these ones in this little town where I spent a lot of time I used to live, there were some very ornate, fancy, giant headstones, some of which they had everything, St. Louis Cardinal stuff, John Deere tractor stuff, I mean, Pioneer Seed stuff. You just can't even imagine all the stuff that was carved into some of these headstones. But why? Why does the black come from India? Because it's like, kind of the type of stone it is. I mean, come on, can't. So he said, "Hey, the shipping." He said, "Normally, when you see those big black ornate ones that have a lot of carvings," he said, "the labor they come from India. No matter what black we get, it comes from India. It's not quartz. I, I don't know what they call it. You know what I mean? Because granite's different than quartz, different than marble. You know." <laughs> So he said, I just traditionally pre-COVID, if if we can't make that in America, then we're in big trouble. It's like a slab of stone. I mean, come on. Anyhow, <laughs> he said there's so many problems with manufacturing in America, and I'm talking, and you're talking, and you're a dude from Ohio, so you know more than me. But um, we should have the United Auto Workers just stamp them out. But there, there you go. Anyhow. Yeah. And then they, maybe they would they would patina and rust away over time, and then if if everybody was planted as deep as my brother, you could you could plant beans or corn over top of him. <laughs> you know, there's no, no reason to waste all that space. I used to I say that you. I wonder could how bury many acres people how, how stand. Many, 
how many how many acres do you think there are in America of cemeteries? A bunch. And I used to joke and say, we could bury them standing up, get like a big auger, a post hole digger, and auger down and just stand them up. (laughs) And you could get more people to the acre. (laughs) But if you've seen how deep, huh? (laughs) But if you've seen how deep they buried my brother, you could till right over top of him. Right? (laughs) Especially now, you know, no till drills and shit like that. I mean, it just, the farm technology, just, you could just, right? And then you could GPS them, you know, in them combine or whatever tractor you use, and you know right when you're over top of who you're over top of, and you just toot your horn or whatever. So the dude says, hey, normally we make a headstone, these fancy black ones with all these different things. The labor's cheaper to need to make them. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's not quite the same, but it ain't that far off, right? So, but now... You can't even get a shipping quote. He said, if you be it black, it'll take it at least a minimum of a year, and I can't tell you exactly what it's going to cost. So, oh, huh? That's crazy. So he said, what he did was he let me get let's get the baseline of the stuff you know want to put on there. I'm going to put it in my CAD, this computer thing, and then he said, I know I can get gray within the next six months, and I can you know that's always the cheapest. And then we'll talk other colors. So then it says red. They said they make a red, nice red comes out of Salem, Missouri, which is about 65 miles from where we're sitting or 80 miles. And my dad said, oh, great, that ought to be cheaper. And he goes, not really, because what they have to do is they have to get it here and send it to Georgia because all the headstones in America, this dude tried to tell me that all the headstones in America or most of them come out of Georgia. I, I This is just blowing my mind. None of this makes any sense. And he said that when COVID shut the manufacturing down, they shut the quarries down, they shut the carvings down, but the salespeople got to keep selling. And and that what used to be, you know, they were always 60 to 90 days behind. Then they closed down for 60 or 90 days, depending on, you know, which company. So now they're going to be six months to a year to get a headstone, depending on which one you get until... And this is what he looks says until we get caught up. And I said, because remember we talked about Arkansas ever, Undertaker. I never get caught. And up. I said the baby boom just started. We ain't you ain't never getting caught up. <laughs> and he goes, yes, you're 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 right. We I didn't think it was going to happen this this way, but you're right. We are. It just started like he was trying to figure out how I knew that. <laughs> And then he said, I thought I didn't think it was going to start this early, blah, 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 blah. You know, these guys, people aren't that old. And, and I said, age's got nothing to do with it. Look at my brother's 53, and you're planting him. I mean, he's already planted. True. So anyway, the guy quoted the pump. True. I said, true. <clears throat> the guy quoted the price, and I looked at my dad. I said, that's good with me. And my dad says, well, and you know, and he, he, he had a few words put on there. And and he wanted to put a bunch of other stuff on there on the back of it. And I could, you know, and I just said, why, Dad? And we just went with that. And we went with plain old gray. I mean, it looks pretty fancy to me. But, I mean, it's. And then we walked through the cemetery. My brother, I went and got a little pint of whiskey. And we went up to the grave and said a few words and poured it out for him. And and uh, some of the people don't have much of, of a 
headstone. So we're going to be way better than most, even if it takes six months to get here. Um, so two side notes while you were telling that story. All right. Before we get into Todd stories, there's a, the conservative estimate is there's 140,000 acres of cemetery land in the United States. That's a lot of 104 or 140, 140. That's a, that's a good size. That's a lot of farmland right there. Well, I thought it'd be bigger than that. Well, that's a conservative, uh, conservative. Um, I listened to this podcast called, uh, there will be bourbon. I'm kind of into it a little bit. They talk about kind of like this, a bingo cage of ideas, but most of them are the dudes talking. The guy running is a, uh, I don't know if he's an infantry veteran. He's a veteran of some sort, and he's got some cool veterans of some sort on there. And they got to talking about uh, serial killers. And he said, one of the guests said that there was 33 people buried under John Wayne Gacy's house, and it wasn't that big a house. Is that true? 33. There's at least 27, if I remember right. But there might have been. Yeah, there might so, have been. If we had John Wayne Gacy as a Undertaker. funeral director, he could tighten these things up, and we could probably get that same <laughs> amount buried on half the land. Oh, yeah, you but know? you know what? If John Wayne Gacy was in charge of that, we'd really be behind on headstones because he would increase the body count would be substantially higher than what would be natural. Yeah, but he wouldn't report them. <laughs> you know what I'd thought about, and we got to change the subject. I, I, let's just go. Let's just go with it. Let's switch gears. Well, I, 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 well, I just wanted to let you know um, that uh, speaking about uh, saying goodbyes, uh, Wade did get to call Bobby Hartman while we were on the and, and had a good conversation. Just now? Just now. I texted him, told him that he was not doing well, and. And, Text uh, Wade and say, do you think he sounds good enough he could be on the podcast? <laughs> okay. He said he sounded really good. So, yeah, he said he had a great conversation with him. So, hopefully hopefully we can, maybe we can get Bobby Hartman on the on the podcast. I think that'd be a great Because the, when I talked to him, I, when I say a couple, it's probably been a month ago now. I'm getting my days mixed up. He had just come home from treatment. Uh, does this chemo really wipe you out or something? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just, he, it was just, he just, anyway. Perfect. Perfect. I'll work on that this, this week. So, we'll, yeah. So, they, so our listeners will, the, the, the guy we're talking about is a, uh, used to be, used to go on the road with David Allen Co. and, and has just probably some of the greatest stories ever about, <laughs> Being on the road, being driving the road. a tour bus and selling the t-shirts, <laughs> and selling t-shirts. Yeah, so driving hoping, the tour bus and telling t-shirts, selling t-shirts. So I mean, we're hoping you, to get hoping to get him on and and tell some stories here. Uh huh. So so speaking of driving the tour bus and and selling t-shirts, t- Todd, are you still there or yep. do, are you are you swimming in the ocean? No, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. I okay. Yeah. I know. I, so so. So you've been thinking about this. So let's hear what you got. Okay. So Bob Redman stories. And like we said earlier, um, my father, Bob, and my mom, Sandy, founded SNR in 67. And as we've talked in the past, driving garbage truck outside of his kids 
was my dad's life. He absolutely loved it. Quite a character. Most of my good friends worked for him at one point or the other. So this, we typically always go down this Bob Redman story road. So <clears throat> I have a few of them in honor of what would have been his 81st birthday. Although, um, although I, I gotta be honest, uh, many nights on the, in, in the, when it was snowing or raining, I questioned whether or not I was a good friend. I mean, yeah. I figured, I figured yeah. <laughs> or, or I had done something really bad and I was paying the ultimate penalty. Yes. So the first dad story that I was thinking about today at the beach, and this kind of describes my dad in a nutshell. Um, and one of his former employees relayed this story to me after my dad had passed away. But anyhow, we traveled down a lot of side country roads, you know, the same roads week after week. You don't even know the names of some of these roads. Sometimes you just know you turn here, go up to the greenhouse, turn right, whatever. But anyhow, one of the things that I always enjoyed on the garbage route was the dogs on the garbage routes. And you get the you get used to these dogs every week. They come out. Most of them are nice. Grover probably has a few different stories, but they come out, you know, when you're picking up the trash, we throw them biscuits. They run alongside the truck. You look for them to bark at you every week. Anyhow, there was this dog that would chase the garbage truck every week when they would stop and pick up the trash and then go zipping down the road. It'd come chasing the garbage truck down the road. Well, one particular week, my dad ran over the dog. <laughs> And he, he runs over the dog and, you know, because the dog, you know, he couldn't stop in time. They got, you know, the dog got caught up in the tires and, you know, he's like, what do I do? Well, they stopped and they went up to the house to, you know, tell the gentleman what had happened. The guy comes down to the road and Tim, the guy that used to work with my dad that was telling me this story. He's like, you know, we're kind of standing back there. The guy is really upset. You know, his kid or his you know, son or daughter comes down and hanging on, you know, dad. And, you know, my dad's, you know, just con continues to apologize. You know, I'm so sorry. You know, he'd come out here every week. You know, he loved him. You know, we'd throw him biscuits, blah, blah, blah. But he would always get close to our truck. So Tim said they stand there for a couple minutes. And he said there's a very long, awkward silence. And it's the dad, the kid, Tim, and my dad just kind of standing there. And then the dog's kind of laying there in the ditch. So Tim's like, you know, your dad is trying to be really, really nice. And he's like, I just want to get out of there, you know, and let this family handle the situation. And he's like, your dad looks at the guy and he's like, um, hey, do you want us to take it? And the guy's like, what do you mean? And dad's like, well, you know, we could just throw it in the back of the truck and compact it and tim said <laughs> the guy's face is that white ghost and he's like no you've done enough sir you know and they go up to the truck and you know and tim is just like blown away he's like bob why would you say that to him and you know bob's like and of course my dad trying to be a nice guy he's like well what else was i supposed to say tim's like well sure as heck not that that is that sells my dad so, i think he just his delivery she just said you Give the dog one last ride. You know, he always wanted to go with us. So <laughs> give him one. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna take him to doggy heaven. Maybe he could get her, he can get up there and dig around in the trash. I, 
Yeah, I thought you were going to tell me it jumped up. You know what I mean? That's where I thought this was going. It jumped up. When you said it was laying there in a ditch, I thought, you know, and I think I might have told this years ago, but they sent me out. Uh, when I, I think I was still on FTO, they sent me out, you know, when they dispatch it, and they tone out the ambulance. You guys listen to the scanner, you know how it sounds, right? Oh, yeah. They send me out at about 3.30 in the afternoon, maybe a little earlier, to a child struck on a bicycle on a busy two-lane highway, broad daylight, and you're going the whole, and I'm only, you know, it's five or six miles out of town, so you're going to be there in minutes, right? And I remember thinking, holy cow, right? uh, You know, because you want to talk about people getting emotional. That's the thing when you're working in rural places like that, you know, kids get in a wreck or somebody get hurt and they call mom and dad, you know what I mean? And say, Shane's been in a wreck. And then your mom and dad are there where you're bleeding out or you're messed up. And and it it really turns into issues. And I remember driving out there going, holy cow. And, and as I was getting, there's a big T intersection and the ambulance was coming up to that intersection. Right. And I remember slowing down and letting the ambulance get in front of me. And I could outrun the ambulance easy, right? Because I didn't want to deal with, you know what I mean? I'm trying to process how I'm going to deal with a kid struck with a bicycle, on a bicycle. And you had all these first responders coming. You had all this stuff. So me and the ambulance pull up first and we jump out. And, and, and... The woman that was driving is just, she, she, with minivan, bicycle laying there, wadded up underneath the front bumper of, of like a Plymouth Grand Voyager or whatever, you know what I mean? One of the Dot Chrysler minivans. And she can't even formulate a word. And there was, there was a, there was some dude standing there that was like in a pickup truck behind her. And the ambulance was trying to talk to her. And then I walked over there and I said, Hey, you guys see what happened? He goes, yeah, we were right behind her. And I said, what happened? He goes, well, she hit that kid and he ran in that house over there. What? And I said, do what? And it was a trailer house. A pretty nice trailer house, but it was a trailer house. And and because they're the ambulance, they're, these people are looking around. They sent out, you know, city sends out a rescue truck, you know, short fire trucks with all the shit, you know. And the guy goes, No, he ran that trailer right there in the back door. So I walked to the <laughs> walk to the front of this door and I knock on this old woman answers my grandma on and I said uh, she said can I help you what's going on out there and I said hey well there was supposedly a, uh, somebody was struck on a bicycle and they said he ran over here and she said well no well my grandson is staying with me he was home from school sick today but he's in bed. And she said, Timmy or Jimmy or whatever his name is, are you still back there? And she, he says, yeah, Grandma, I'm here. And I said, you mind if I go back here and talk to him? She said, yeah, go ahead. And, hey, there was a tennis shoe up there underneath the front. So, anyway, I go and talk to him, and he's got a broken freaking ankle between his, between his knee. His leg is broke between his knee oh, and his geez. ankle. And he got back in that freaking trailer house and went back to bed. You tell me he wasn't scared of his grandmother. At Parker, our purpose is simple. 
We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So I get on my mic and I say, hey, he's in here. And they come over here and she's like, what the hell? And they're like, well, he got hit by, you know, his, ankle, his leg's not supposed to twist that way, Grandma. <laughs> so when you told me his dog was laying in the thing, I thought you, I was waiting for the dog to get up, you know? <laughs> Running the back door. The... Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I remember telling my boss, my corporal, the sergeant showed up. I said, you tell me that old bitch ain't mean. He goes, why would you say such a thing? And I said, this kid got hit by a freaking bicycle, broke his leg, and got back in a trailer and got back in bed. So he's more scared of of his grandmother than whatever, than dying or whatever. You know what I mean? Than whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever getting hit by whatever getting hit by a minivan causes. I wonder how he was good at like. I wonder what what was going through his head. Like, how am I going to explain that my legs broke? Or if me. Or maybe he was so scared. I was he didn't wondering know his leg. if, if his leg was as he's running, he surely he's got to know. Oh God, it's got to hurt, right? I don't know. I've, I've been watching this D-Day stuff up here on TV and this World War II stuff. You know where these old guys are telling stories. And just a while ago, I was watching this one about Iraq, uh, the Battle of uh, not Ramadi, but one of them in 2003. And I mean, they're they're talking, you know that that shit blows up and you just keep doing what you're doing and, and you don't even worry about it. And all of a sudden you're sitting there and people go, Hey dude, you're bleeding or whatever. You know what I mean? You just, you just, you don't know. You're just, yeah. On, yeah. You're like a deer that gets shot out in the woods or whatever. You're just, you just keep running or whatever. Cause <laughs> I don't know. Oh I don't man. Know. So, okay. okay. Hey, go ahead, Todd. Sorry about that. <laughs> Here I am. Here I am. Just hogging okay. the show. So, so what, what, can you beat the dog story? Yeah, this story actually involves Grover. Oh, um, okay. Um, wait a second. I didn't see the script before. No, this, this uh, you're you're just an right. innocent bystander in this, okay. and then you can right, right. So, okay. Now, so when the guys worked for my dad, at, at one point they would always eat, meet my dad at a local tire store. 
that had a huge <laughs> driveway and they would meet my dad there typically one, two o'clock in the morning, depending upon the day of the week. And my dad would always, in most cases, beat the guys there. They'd park, he'd be waiting on them, and then they'd get rolling. Well, if anybody you know that, that worked with my dad knew that my dad had his little fetishes when it came to like his drink or his snack. So for a while, he'd always had to have a Sprite in his hand. And then, uh, you know, a chocolate milk. And at this particular juncture, it was orange juice. He had to have his glass bottle of orange juice every morning. So he beat Grover and another one of our friends, whose name was also Shane, um, <laughs> to this spot probably by a half an hour. And... So he just zips on past because they had a huge driveway. You could just look to your left and see if the guys were there or not. And if not, just keep going into our little town of Besiris, heading towards the square. And there was one gas station that's open all night, High Miler. They probably knew my What's dad. What's called? High what? High Miler? High Miler. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad comes into town. Well, when right before you get to the square, there is a big bar saloon. On the left side, a historic, called, historic, yes, historic. called Crazy Fox, where Al Capone used to hang out. And at the time, there was also a nightclub right beside of it called the Mad Bull. So, where depending they, on the night, means, yeah. So you had the Mad Wolf and the Crazy what? Mad Bull, <laughs> Mad, Mad Bull, Bull and the Crazy Fox, <laughs> and the so, Weaver, and the Weaver Motel, Motel above <laughs> them. So anyhow. Across the street from them, and it's wait a second. There was a hotel upstairs. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's like so. Uh, so on this corner, okay, on this corner <clears throat> was the Crazy Fox. Okay, the Crazy Fox was on the first floor of a place called the Weaver. It's the Weaver Hotel, but the sign, the the uh, the the sign up top, it makes it look like it's the Weaver Notel. Oh. Okay? Okay. It, Okay, and it's so, one of those. It's one a joke. of those hotel, hotel. Uh huh. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those okay. where it's either long term or by the hour. Okay, and beside it was this real famous nightclub in the area called the Mad Bull, and it was. I mean, people would come for all over Northwest Ohio to go to that place on a Friday and Saturday night. So there you go. There, there. So that's what we're talking about. There's these couple okay. of really uh, upstanding establishments are across from what Todd's going to tell you. It was another, it was, a, it was like a, used to be a yeah. gas station, but it was like a vacant lot. There's, yeah. So this, so this gas station set across the street and on either side of it. I mean, but not the gas, but not the gas station that Bob was going to. No, this was, this was but yeah. on either side of it was kind of, I guess, parking, excess yeah. parking for these two places. And on the one particular side, it was really dark. And like you could park a little ways off the road. So as my dad is coming up <laughs> and through that stop sign, he sees this couple, drunk couple, like going across the street, you know, arm in arm towards like the dark parking area and he kind of pays particular attention to him so he goes <laughs> and gets his you know five ten minutes gets his orange juice 
And now it's closer to two o'clock in the morning. Bars are letting out. And this is the time that he's supposed to be picking Grover up. So when he comes back past this same location, he looks to his left because he wants, you know, he remembered this couple. Well, the guy has the girl (laughs) spread eagle on the hood of the car and things are getting ready to happen. My dad can see this. (laughs) So my dad probably runs two stop signs on his way back to pick up Grover (laughs) probably three blocks away. Okay. And as he's coming over to see this, he he wants us, he wants us. He, he, he's okay. Bob back in those days was probably worse than any high, you know, he's like high school kid. Sure. He, He was like, and he, he, he found something that he wanted us to see. Let's just put it yes. that way. He, he, he lived vicariously through just his in worker. Just case you wouldn't believe it, right? Yep. So, I, so, so as, you approach, as you approach where Grover and Sands are parking their cars, you come over like a, a big city bridge. You know, I mean, not like Cincinnati type, but, you know, a, a big bridge for the city of Cyrus over this river. And as he hits the bridge and... These two guys are just kind of pulling it. He just starts laying on the garbage truck horn at two in the morning. Big air horn. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Comes in, circles around, slams on the brake. And Shane and Shane are probably half asleep anyhow. And he comes in. They're like, Bob, what's? hurry up. Get your shit. Get in the truck. And, you know, they're like freaking out. Like, what is going on? And they come, you know, pulling their work clothes on. Hop in the truck. What is going on? You guys got to see this. This guy's getting ready to go down on this girl in the parking lot across from the Crazy Fox. Well, by that now, by that point, Shane and Shane's they're very interested. Well, go, go, go. So they go flying back there. Now you don't know and, that. Don't put words in my mouth. And unfortunately for them, the car He's done. Pulls, out, pulls out right in front of them. And I'm sure my dad probably laid on the air horn and he probably was exhausted from that little burst of energy. And these two guys well, I was trying to think of my God, if he had to go very far, this dude will be finished by the time you get back. <laughs> well, yeah. well, literally, I mean, a little Christmas to put it in perspective. It's like three blocks at the most. And, okay? Unless it was uh, Ron Jeremy. And, okay. It'll be done. And in, in anyway, and I, it, as a footnote, we were probably lucky. That that whatever was taking place. Oh, I'm sure he played. It's called the what was it called? The Dirty Fox. <laughs> the Crazy Fox. What you? What you call it? The what fox? It's the Crazy Fox beside the crazy. Uh, most crazy foxes are dirty. So I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> I t- listen. I warned Todd. I said, listen. If you, you tell the story. I'm, I'm like, there's no way the howler does not have at least one or two pulling up on people that shouldn't shouldn't have been parked uh, where they were doing what they were doing. Well, who says they shouldn't have been? I mean, America's free country. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you can, you know, I, if people sit there and smoke dope and do all this, you know, do a bump of coke or whatever. Nowadays, I mean, and, and and can you believe we were so prudish that we would make fun of people like that back in them days? Exactly. There you go. That they made you, you arrest know? people. They made you arrest people. I never arrested anybody for 
doing anything like that. <laughs> I never wrote any of those tickets. I'll tell you, you know, yeah, no, I never mess with anybody. And you know those, and I knew some cops that did because I know what you're talking. I know some cops that did, and I was like, what kind of deal goes on in your life that you want to just drive around and catch high schoolers parking or whatever? Yeah, there you go. And you know what I can only equate it to is that they didn't get any themselves, right? So if they had ever had those any kind of encounters, they would know it's sacred. Those are sacred encounters, right? And you can't just go, you can't just go mess with people just for that. But I know guys that did, so you're right. Now the garbage truck horn, I would have, I would have honked the horn. I would have honked the horn. In all my years of driving (laughs) on back roads, aside from never seeing a Bigfoot, I never ever caught anybody messing around, which surprised me. As many places as I went. It's probably better because they would be you'd be telling the story about them right now. I, on the I know. Now, this ain't a cop story, it's a game warden story. So they're not really real cops, right? <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> so I worked when I was in high school, I worked the conservation what they called here. Fish and wildlife is what's called in some states. But anyway, I worked where the, I, I washed the game warden's trucks and I worked in the central maintenance garage here in Jeff City. And there was one day these these uh an old game warden and a young probationary game warden come in and the old guy was laughing and the probationary game warden's kind of starstruck almost and and just couldn't hardly talk. Well when you work in an environment like we were we had a 10 o'clock break and a three o'clock break. And then we had a, did we have a full lunch hour? I don't remember, but they would play cards. We would play cards at those breaks. You know what I'm saying? If you didn't smoke, yeah. you sit there and played cards. So we were playing cards and them, them guys come in there. The old guy brought the young guy in there. And, and what they claimed was they had got a tip that these guys were, I don't know if they were catching too many fish or what they were doing down on the lake in this particular cove. And, you know, those game wardens are bad about just sitting there watching stuff. You know what I mean? They watch on the binoculars and all that stuff. And and this guy was shell-shocked. He said this couple come in there and they were catching fish and these dudes were watching them as they were trolling close to the bank and, you know, just catching fish after fish after fish. And they got so excited. It was a man and a woman. They got so excited that did this old boy bent her over the pedestal. You know what a pedestal on a bass boat seat would look like, right? A pedestal seat on a bass boat. He bent her over the pedestal seat and put the, put the coals to her right there, uh, celebrating. They were celebrating the whole crappie they were catching. And these game wardens are just secreted right there in the brush watching them. Don't know if they should say, you know, like I guess the young guy, should we say something? Should we do something? And and I guess the old game warden said, ah, you know, at this point, I'd celebrate if I caught that many fish too. <laughs> and, and, you know, <laughs> oh, God. yeah. Oh, so you know, uh, but it wasn't my tur- story; it was their story. Uh, is there st- mm-hmm. Well, thanks, thanks to Todd, he has turned this into a. Uh, uh, we're going to put a disclaimer on this episode. Uh, Why well, would I thought this was Patreon? No, is this it the is weekly a, or Patreon. This is going on the weekly. This is going to oh be. Oh my weekly. god, you can't tell that kind of story, can you? <laughs> tell yeah. you another story, Todd. Tell another story. <laughs> okay, I'll try to. I'll try to wrap up a quick one. So, right. my dad 
always had an obsession with earplugs. Oh god. Earplugs. Yeah, the, the truck was the truck was loud. Yeah. He, oh yeah, was, safety. That's right. It's safety first. He owned the um, company. He was liable. I dig it. And um <laughs> so anyhow, he would go, you know, he used to wear like the big shooting ones and then he switched to like the little orange or yellow ones like you can buy at a gas station that you can just you yep. know, kind of spongy mm-hmm. put in. And finally, um, I convinced him or we convinced him to get like prescription ones. Sure. And, where they um, mold to the ear. Yeah. And they they were real tiny, yeah. flesh colored, and they'd kind of fit up in your ear. So he wore those for a long time. And he was also obsessed with vitamins. So he would lay his body every night before we go to bed, like on the kitchen by like our, our phone. And well, he would lay his earplugs there in, in a similar location. So one morning I'm getting up to work with him and he comes out, takes his pills, eats his breakfast, whatever. And as we're getting ready to leave, this is why I was still living at home. Hey, have you seen my earplugs? And, uh, I'm like, no, why? And he's like, well, son of a bitch, Redmond. He's like, I think I swallowed them. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, they were over there by pills. So he, he just like, oh, that's he a funny had story. a handful of pills. <laughs> and uh, I, w- I hope my kids don't listen to that because they make fun of me taking pills all the time. Pooped them up and swallowed them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I do. I do remember. I, that. I guess. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. I mean. Now, OK, so I, I, I want to say I don't know if I've ever told this, told the story that your dad told me, Todd. OK, um, but I was reminded of it this week while I was uh, why the garbage man in town went by me while I'm you know delivering the mail. And what I can never understand is the, the, the city garbage people, they're never wearing gloves. No. Okay. I don't Why? understand. I, you got me. I mean, I've, I've worked on the garbage truck long enough to know that I would never do do that without a good pair of leather gloves or hard rubber, you know? I mean, because it's gross. Number one, you're picking up people's garbage. And um, so it reminded me of, so Bob, told me because i would ask him about the early days of being on the garbage truck and so he there's this town south way south that he it was one of the first places where he got a lot of the garbage business okay for the whole whole little town probably a town of two thousand people maybe at the most but he would just drive he'd have nothing to pick up so he'd have to drive like 30 40 minutes to get down there so what he did was in early days he had a guy that lived in that town only worked that day on the garbage truck, like one day a week. And he said, this guy, big old burly guy, never wore gloves Yep, and would never come up in the front. He'd always, (laughs) he'd always just sit in the back of the garbage truck as they drove around. Okay. Because back in the early day, like he had welded, a step on the back so we could stand back there and back in the early days it didn't really have that you either had to go up or or hang on the side or whatever this guy would just sit in the back okay 
And so Bob said one of the first times they, they stopped at a, like a little convenience store or whatever, or a little grocery store there in town. And, um, they were going to get lunch because they still had some more to do, but they, you know, and the guy, he goes, well, what do you want me to get you? And the guy goes, I just want to give me a block of cream cheese. Yep. He's like a block of cream cheese. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, just want a block of cream cheese. So Bob goes in, gets him a block of cream cheese and uh, gives it to him. Goes back up in the front. The guy's sitting in the back and they drive to the next stop. Bob gets out to help him. And he said, this guy is sitting at the back of the garbage truck, no gloves on, holding this block of cream cheese in his hand, in his dirty hand. So he's taking all the paper off the cream cheese and hold it. And that's what the guy's eating, this dirty hand sitting in the garbage eating a block of cream cheese, and he said he was happier than a pig in, pig in mud. I've heard that story. <clears throat> so every time I, I see every I time I see these Bucyrus people... <laughs> I, know, I know exactly what? where that guy lived, too, because I continued to pick up at that address for Rumpke, although I don't know if it's the same guy. I know exactly where the house was in the <laughs> Cardington, rural Cardington. So, so that to me was always like one of the grossest things I ever heard. So there you go. There's, there's my contribution to the garbage truck story. So I hope everybody didn't get grossed out and uh, maybe not look at a block of cream cheese the same way. And I'm sure Bob well, yeah. is better at night hearing all this, all this, these stories that he would love to tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was just thinking, yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, the guy probably rarely got sick. And <laughs> and uh, he was probably a tough son of a gun, right? I mean. Wouldn't you have to be? I would think that you, that or you had something missing that you didn't want to mess with. You know what I mean? People would better, better. You know, if we were on Patreon story, I'd go on a tangent here, but I've got to pull myself back. <laughs> Are you Sometimes you say maybe he's like Billy Bob Thornton's character in Sling Blade. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, because sometimes you just got to leave those crazy people alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> because if, I mean, if they're really crazy, and I'm not talking this half-assed, you know, make-believe crazy like all those people on Twitter. I'm talking real crazy people. <laughs> you got to leave them alone because you know what I mean. You don't. You don't know. I think that's probably good advice. Yeah, I think it's good advice. You just got to leave them alone because it bad. I mean, yeah, bad, bad stuff bad. happens when bad stuff happens I, you when know? you mess with real crazy people. Well, yeah, because there's yeah, because real crazy people. I mean, they don't. They don't. You know they don't have a stop. They don't have a. Uh, they don't. And have they the don't know. To, and they don't know their reason. And they don't, they don't know, they're know crazy. That they're crazy. And what you think while they're breaking your neck or something, you know, <laughs> uh, they don't realize that <laughs> it hurts. You can't mess with real crazy people. You got to leave them. I think the Indians. Didn't the Indians leave crazy people alone? Yes, I think so. I think so. Well, on that note, we'll uh, we'll. 
we'll wrap up the uh, this year's vacation special. Th- thanks, Todd, for joining us, and uh, uh, it's it's kind of nice getting getting together on Bob's birthday, even though. It'd have been a lot nicer if I'm down there on the beach with you, but you know, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Howler. Thanks, Grover. I no, thanks, Todd. Too. I appreciate it. All right. It's uh, good talking to you. I wish I was down there with you. Is that where the horses swim in the water? Well, yeah, but not. You know so, what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah they're in Corolla. Yeah, Corolla. They're about 30 miles north of us. Oh, okay. All right. Later, guys. Okay. Later. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>